Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson, and this is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight, we'll be re- reviewing that original, that classic, or cult classic, yeah. as you will. Oh, what's that called? I think it's a classic movie. Not just a cult. The Friday the 13th. We'll, it, we'll mention the rest of the other ones as we go along, but we're going to we're review doing the, the first one. the original one which started off the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the juggernaut, whatever that means. <laughs> the thing which just kept going and kept going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you look, you look at you got Halloween. They made lots of them. Mm, I don't know. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. They made mm-hmm. a slew of those movies. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. Etc. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah, and all the Leatherface um, yeah, chainsaws, including that new yeah. one that came out not too long ago, which, so, yeah. according to some critics, think it's kind of. Things in the box office, even though it's not, it went directly to Netflix. Yeah, yeah the point is, yeah, yeah, you can't always go by critics. And, this, and actually, this is a prime example. Hmm. Actually, I, I normally talk about critiques at the last, but I'll give you what I mean about critics, not knowing what they're talking about. Hmm. Okay, budget for this back in those days, five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Mm. Pretty skinny budget, man. Now, at box office at fifty nine, like pretty close to sixty million dollars. <laughs> now, all the reviews, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think all the reviews of that time back in the eighties said it was a crappy movie. No duh. Waste of space. Waste of paper. Horrible. Yada yada. They berated everything. The, the contemporary reviews weren't much better, but. But, he said. But. Ah. You know, one guy, he said the... Um, all right, yeah, give us the works. The last review I got written on my page here, and I'm going to go through all of them. He said, what's most striking about Friday the 13th is how little regard anyone but its fan has to have for it. Now, I'm not quite sure what he's trying to say, but I get the idea is that uh, no one likes it, but the fans love it. So yeah, the fans love it. Wasn't the movie made for the paying public? Yeah. Just so you guys know, the guy who plays Jason in this first one, um, he's a good friend of mine. Is he? he? Yeah. Oh, um, we have often talked uh, mostly about the slasher genre, and he's now a musician playing yeah. in his own band and stuff. Uh, first Jason, isn't it? Yeah, he yeah. calls himself the first Jason. No, that's a bad name. Yeah. Uh, yeah and band, I think yeah. he uses it as a promoting gimmick to yeah, yeah. promote himself and further his um, oh, ambitions. Is it metal music? or? I think it's metal music. Yeah, Pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Must have listened to some of it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Basically, here we go. Produced by Sean Cunningham. Directed by uh, Sean Cunningham. Written by Victor Miller. Mm, no, Sean Cunningham. Do you? <laughs> No, you know Sean, do you? No, no, no. I said uh, not written by. Oh, Sean not written Carl. by. No, he's a bit busy. Is he? Yeah, taking the garbage out. Now, um, Sarah will tell you the story um, in a minute. Yeah. Um, he was prompted to do this, prompted by the success John Carpenter had doing Halloween two years prior. Yeah, he wanted no. to. He originally worked with Wes Craven on the Last House on the Left, the original. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this was ex- an a small student yeah. independent film, that one too, yeah. at the time. So, you know. And he wanted to move away from that, but at the same time, he wanted to continue making a film in, you know, in a sort of country town or country area. Exactly. The formula works. I, 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 look, I hate formulas. Don't get me. 
I'm not saying, yes, meet the same, yeah, let's do another country town murder. No, no, no. Mm. But sometimes the formula works if you don't overdo the formula. Yeah, I admit, I am amazed Mm, that Wes Craven moved from, um, I know that was his first film he did, but it was interesting how he jumped from that to Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, so quantum leaps all over the place. Even Um, though he didn't do the rest of the series, he did um, chunks of it here and there, but not... Well, he focused on whatever film projects he can lay work on. Yep. Anyway, I'll just, I won't run down. I'll run through the cast. I won't give you who they played or whatever because there's a, it's all first names and different things. And mm-hmm. Betsy Palmer, she played uh, Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> now, I won't mention anybody else's by what the roles are. Mm. Betsy Palmer played that role, but she didn't want to play in the movie, but she needed the money to buy a car. Mm. So she decided to take on the job. Now, okay, oh, well. okay here we are. Uh, Adrienne King, uh, Harry Crosby, and now I think that was Bing Crosby's son. Uh, Janine Taylor, Laurie uh, Bartram, Kevin Bacon, we know who Kevin is. No doubt. Um, Mark Nelson. It was probably one of his first roles I read. Oh, early one, yeah. No, he's been on TV uh, shows, I think. Yeah, hmm. I think. Uh, Mark Nelson, Robbie Morgan, uh, Peter... Brower. Now, Peter applied for this. They didn't want him in this movie, I think, initially. And, they, and then some, someone saw him pottering around and said, oh, well, yeah, he'll do the job. Mm. And that was it. <laughs> Gosh, got it. Uh, Rex Everhart, uh, Ron Carroll, Walt Gorney, uh, Willie Adams, Deborah Hayes, Sally Golden, and Ari Lehman, who played Jason Voorhees. Um, all the other people just play... Yeah, they well. I'd say oh, I just call them cannon, uh, yeah. cannon fodder. One yeah. all people get killed off, yeah. or bit rolls. Yeah. Another person mm, that yeah. takes part in the crew is Tom Savini, the ever popular, awesome makeup artist yeah. and and he, mask and, maker. Yeah, and he did a lot of the good special effecty bits there. Yeah, he did it in yeah. Night, uh, Night of the Living Dead, yeah. and he's did a number of other movies yeah. in the seventies and the eighties and he's throughout very, the nineties. He's very good at his job. Yeah, he does an awesome job, and he makes a lot of appearances in some of them here and there. Well, the odd appearance. Yeah. The odd appearance, not maybe not all the time, but yeah. sometimes. But sometimes he, he fills in for a stuntman like, sometimes, yeah, or, like some, or he's in the background doing something. Yeah, like or, someone yeah, needs yeah, yeah. a person who that won't be too Actually, much noticed. Talk about Tom Savini, his assistant. Is filling in in the background when Mrs. Well, when when the people are being stalked by somebody and you don't see them, you might see a pair of legs walking around. Hmm. That's Tom Savini's assistant. Ah, <laughs> go figure it. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. as I said before, yeah. they would often just bring legs in legs as legs. They would oh. just bring in someone. It doesn't matter who it it is, and just let a crew member do a, do a fill in. A yeah, fill in yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. It does explain why we see them wearing manly hands or sometimes. Or sometimes. Actually, you made a comment that they did all their own stunts. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so yeah. all these kid. Actually, getting back to it, all the kiddies or these teenagers, whatever, young adults, whatever they were, uh, most of them were relatively unknown. Some had some experience, mm-hmm. and some didn't have that much experience. Yeah. But they were looking for. Uh, people could act naturally. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in the other Friday the Thirteenth movies, um, they got they kind of um, 
had to cast an underage actor sometimes, and and for this their scenes that they tried to be nice to them by saying we won't do too much nudity with you, we won't do too much of a sex scene because no. we know that that would um this would um be annoying, be annoying, and, and, and we and could get, and we could and get yeah. into trouble by the um sense well, underage one. Actually, that one there, what was that one? Um, oh, that. Yeah, because oh. the media don't like well, it if that it's... That young one we did some time back, uh, where the girl was a boy next to a boy. Um, oh, it's a movie. Yeah, the camp, the camp one, where the girl was actually a boy. Yeah. She didn't talk much. Uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, do you mean uh, Sleepaway Camp? Sleepaway Camp, yeah. Now, that was, yeah they were all minors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all underage, and yeah. they would be very hard yeah. working with a lot of minors. Yeah, yeah. that's another mm, thing yeah. about when you look at yeah. old Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween, they both use young adults in this. Yeah, but they're over age; they're over the age of consent. So, you do a <coughs> a nude scene uh, yeah. or something, or implied nudity or whatever. It's not a bad thing because yeah, yeah they even keep, they're overage. The, yeah, even though throughout the yeah. in production, they have to pretend to be. Underage to suit well, yeah. story because, um, well, they're not because they weren't allowed to cast a young kid into the role. I don't know why. No, they weren't. But these kids aren't kids. Okay. They weren't kids here. They were the counselors who were going to look after the kids. That's true. But they were teenagers, obviously. Yeah, so but it wouldn't have been fifteen. They would have been older. Mm. Yeah, like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, anyway carry on. So anyway. Um, I really like I really like the franchise, guys. It's, my favorite ones are is this one and the second Which movie. Which starts it off? The second movie, obviously, that was done in 1981. The the third one, part three, um, 1982, and then Jason Lives, which has my favorite other actor in it, Tommy. Um, What's the movie? Yeah. Matthews, I think his name is. I think it's Matthews, yeah, yeah. Who plays um, Tommy, um, who was uh, a kid who was um, was who turned a, adult, who has to stop Jason Voorhees. Yeah, wasn't he uh, Ambo or something? Or wasn't he Amos Drive or something or other in that movie? That, yeah, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, years later when he did Never Hike Alone. You yeah, probably yeah. heard oh, me yeah, talk yeah, about so, him. Yeah, that one, yeah. And let me see. Um, mm. I like the new Blood one, which has a bit of a um, Carrie versus Jason Voorhees type angle on it. But I like uh, Jason and, Jason Ten, the space I, the science fiction one. And I like the um, um, Jason Takes Manhattan that was done in 1989, and that was an awesome one because I like the fact he steps out of Crystal Lake and enters a um a new a, world, a New York City where there's more than a lot of people around, yeah. and you think. He would go on a killing spree, kill any person in Manhattan because there's there are a lot of people who come no, out at night. Just a selected but, ones. But he just um, chases down out the few protagonists he chases from on okay, the boat. Now, can we go and actually tell the story? Yeah, and then the final <laughs> one is uh, Jason X, as Mike pointed out to me. My sci-fi, which makes hey. me think of Alien sometimes. It does. Yeah, it, it, it is reminiscent of Alien. Like yeah. it's all like Jason meets Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I told Mike this last night that um, I think that almost quite a few filmmakers used that um, Alien angle on their some of their production. Well, it does help. Uh, one of the, or at least yeah. one movie, uh, so, like so Jason. He did, he did Alien. That was what's he? Uh, um, that would have been Ridley, Ridley, Ridley Scott, Ridley, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and he yeah, and he started. I mean, he he made the. What would you say, the quintessential? I don't know. He meant 
he put the benchmark in there. That's how you make a good yeah. modern sci-fi. Yeah. With a, cre- uh, with a yeah. creature. Maybe they also did yeah. the same thing with um, Lab- um, um, Leprechaun. The, 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 they did a, mo- a movie uh, episode. Well, a movie there's several one. of those, I think. Yeah, but they did one where it takes place in outer space. Oh, do they? Do they? And they did one with, um, what's it called? Uh, Hellraiser. They did one episode regarding oh, old Leatherface okay. in outer space too. Little so the kind Everybody, of everybody's been going. Well, hey, why not? Yeah. Well, uh, the only other ones I haven't seen that have taken place in our space is is Michael Myers or um, I don't know who else. Maybe oh yeah, Freddy Krueger. Mm. I haven't seen any of those guys in our space yet. But Freddy Krueger was in Jason Ten. He was flying it. Oh, that that was Robert Robert Diglin. Sorry, he's mm. uh, all ego. My mistake. <laughs> All right. He got anyway, killed anyway. So I'll get back to this. Telling the story. Telling the story. The <laughs> yeah. 1981, the original yada yada. Yada yada. So the story starts off with a bunch of camp counselors singing Kubaya or whatever. Just so you guys know, this was originally going to be called, um, what's it called? It's originally going to be called the A Long Night at... Camp, Camp Blood, Blood. Yeah. and while I think that title sounds not as appealing, it won't last beyond a second season of episode movies. But someone suggested this title, and said, "Oh, that looks pretty good." Yeah, because everyone kept saying mm-hmm. "Camp Blood, Camp Blood, Camp yeah, Blood." It's, it's, like it, it's ongoing, tied, yeah, it's like an ongoing. It's it's a long going tagline in the the movie. Exactly. Which it wasn't really a good one. <laughs> Can we get on to the story? Okay. So these one, two camp counselors, one who's a shy girl with, with a clipboard and a guitar, head upstairs and do make whoopee. Yeah, whoopee, whoopee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know the hunker chunker, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And then we see <coughs> a point of view shot of the supposedly killer that comes creeping up on them and kills them. And we flash a, a very bright light, and we get our title card, which crashes right into the camera, lands. Yay. <laughs> anyway, that's, that starts. And then it's 21 years yeah. later, the movie starts. The one thing yeah. I like about this movie is the, um, what's his name, the guy, the guy who does the composer music? Oh, Manfred, oh, what's his name? Is, uh, I got his name here somewhere. Manfredini, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something about that music makes yeah. me think of Psycho theme. You yeah, know? So you got the idea from Psycho. I oh know, Jaws. Yeah, Psycho or, or Jaws. No, I think you got more of a Jawsy idea about it. Yeah. yeah, but it does have that type of feeling behind well, yeah, it. But yeah. maybe you, to you, but you got the idea of inspired I guess by it's Jaws, the... of course. You didn't see the shark all the time, you just had the mood music. I get it. You're doing the Atmos. Yeah, I yeah, guess yeah, it's the yeah. violins that get me. Oh, very nice. Happy little dipsy. Now, Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, a few <laughs> years <on>. later, <laughs> shut up. A few years later, um, we see a camp counselor heading down to the town, say, and she gets a hitch a ride with a with a truck, truck driver, and she wants to go up to the camp Crystal Lake. And of course, the townspeople are saying, "Ooh, you don't know that place. That place is bad news." Maybe. And of course, they keep going, saying, "It's Camp Blood, all that stuff, all the blah blah blah." Yeah. And we never get the end of it. So the um, truck driver, we as they're heading out the door, we meet the crazy Ralph. Yeah, crazy Ralph, prophet of doom. The prophet You're of doom. You're going up to Camp Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like, won't come back, and you. Yeah. He's a real weirdo. Really good. Yeah, he gets killed off in the second you know, movie. Actually, I read something in some notes there that they put him in there. Hmm? He wasn't in the original script, I don't think. They put Ralph in there 
to make you think he might be the killer. Ah, oh, a weird guy off his uh, you know, off you know, his chopper, off, off his chops. You're really weird guy, and you know, okay, he's a weirdo. Mm. Maybe, and and you go and you see him a little bit later. He's up at the camp. Mm. So is he the killer? But maybe yes, maybe no. Aha! Mm. Yeah, so he's a fly in the ointment. Yeah, so mm. anyway, we the truck driver drives her so far up the street to the cemetery, which I think is some yeah, red herring. Interesting. And he leaves her on her own to travel a bit, and she runs across another guy person in well, a person but in a yeah. in a van, in a little jeep type jeep. thing, yeah. And they drive a bit, and she talk a bit, and then she realizes that they're driving past the Crystal Lake camp. Yeah, and, and it's, yeah, and this person is going to stop. But yeah. they don't know it's a man or a lady or a young person or, or a an cameraman. Because no, they're not saying anything. <laughs> you don't hear the voice. No, in fact, it's um, all one-sided. The um, girl in the car is all doing the talking. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> anyway. She jumps out of the car and she runs into the woods and our killer, our unknown killer is stalking her and eventually she does kill her in the end. Yeah, no, so now you've got Crazy Ralph and an unknown driver, mm. two possible killers. Is Ralph the guy in the Jeep? We don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we snap forward to Alice, a nice final girl type who's with a few of the other counsellors. And along with the um, head counsellor guy, the guy in charge, telling them to get things organised because they're expecting camp count, um, campers eventually in the next couple of days and stuff. Don't know what, when. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, so they start setting up and partly having fun, going for a swim, do, doing, you know, the naughty teenage, stuff. Teenage stuff. Teenage stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know kiddies look after. He's got a few chores to get the place yeah. through. A bit of painting, a bit of mm-hmm. this, a bit of cleaning. Just one of those things. Yeah. Anyway, so we then they even confront a see a snake in their hut. I mean, they yeah. And actually, that was a, that was a hired snake. Yeah, by yeah, a pet shop. From a pet shop, and they actually killed the poor thing. And yeah. they weren't supposed to kill. They're supposed to take it back in a reasonable state of repair. Mm-hmm. Naughty. Yeah, poor snake. <laughs> they should have. They could have pretended to kill it. But they know they, they killed the poor snakey with a machete. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, it's good realism, but yeah. you know. Mm. And then someone said, "We know it's for dinner." Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, so the kids Moving get right themselves busy. It's starting to get cloudy out there, and two of our characters decide to go have an early night. <laughs> Get the hints. <laughs> wink, wink, nuts, nuts. Say no more. Yeah. Is this Kevin Bacon in there? Yeah. yeah, and the craze and the comedy relief, he sneaks, goes into one of the cabins, he sees someone, and he gets killed off screen. There's going to be a lot That's of killing Bill, off screen. Yeah, 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 there's going to be a lot of killing off screens, which is not too bad. I don't mind that so much, unlike some people who want it just flapped out right in your face. Yeah, actually, you really, the funny part is, I mean, you make a movie like this, right? Yeah. I don't know, no, no digressing. They get all these people lined up and they kill off most of them in the first few minutes or first 10, 15, 20 minutes and it gets down to, say, three or four people. Mm. Makes it easy for filming, doesn't it? Yes. Mm, so yep. so Kevin and the um, unknown girl, I mean, not unknown oh, girl. Whatever her name is. Whatever name is. Uh, is it Marcy? No. Uh, whatever, yeah. Uh, doing the you-know-what. While, while three of the other characters mm. are... Just sitting down to a nice friendly game of Monopoly, Strip Monopoly. Yeah, Strip Monopoly. I've never played Strip Monopoly. Yeah. Mm. So they sit down and start playing 
and all that stuff. While this is happening, both our two kids who are making out are, you know, one of them goes off to wash have, up. Have, have, clean up, have a squirt in the dirt, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, while Kevin is just lying in his bunk. And then this is where the memorable scene, scene where he gets grabbed by the, his head and an arrow gets pointed. Stabbed right now, through the mattress. Yeah, it's it, it, an arrow, actually. It, it is using an arrow. Yeah, and, an and arrow. the shovel comes straight through the mattress, through the back of his neck, and out the front of his neck. Oh, I love that. And that's a credit to Tom Savini, because that was one of his effects. Yeah, both... It looks so yeah, damn both good. Both him and his assistant assisted yeah. that mm. in that scene. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And, of course, I don't know if it was Tom or his assistant, but they had to blow through the tube to... To blow, to blood there, to blow the blood out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somehow do. Yeah, someone has to uh, do. It's it. your turn to blow the tube. But okay. it looked okay for me, to yeah, me. It looked, it looked great. It looked mm. effective enough to make me throw up. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Moving on, the girl in the bathroom who's getting herself cleaned up, and she thinks that maybe one of her friends is in the bath in there, or Kevin maybe, and she opens a curtain, and we think, not nah, no one's there, and then we see a silhouette of an axe. Yeah, you know, yeah nice little hatchet type axe. And it comes straight down and gets it right in the head. Yeah. I and love that's another Tom Savini special effect. It looks Smart. really good. Well done. <coughs> yeah, while this is happening, um, one of the, the camp owner who's um, eating um, a nice late dinner at the, di- oh, the diner. diner in town. Yeah. He, he had the, the, the guy in charge, he actually went to town to pick up supplies and stuff. And obviously spent a bit of time there and probably had some dinner and, you know. And talked to him. getting locals. ready to come back and it's raining now. Really heavily. I wonder uh, that was planned. I don't know. Maybe it was raining and at the, at the, the site, and they wanted to make sure that that sort of thing continues. No, maybe you don't say, "Oh, we're going to play a screen, we're going to do our filming over this weekend or a couple of weeks, and that night it's going to rain, so we'll do a filming." Yeah, I think maybe that it rained and they just worked it in. Maybe you never know. You never know. <coughs> it worked. I mean, I would, I would have loved that that in my. My, my film project Hack the Cat People we had a rainy day on the first yes. shoot day yeah. and while I would have loved to incorporate that in there but it all, we had to film scenes in all different all over the place and so we had to film when it, the rain stopped for a bit unlike to, exactly anyway back to that story oh, yeah. so the, so the kids get tired of playing strip monopoly and one of them decides to call it a night so yeah. the other two stay in the cabin and muse themselves the yeah <laughs> while the other one goes yeah. dresses in her um a, her pajamas that look like they would be good for grandparents <laughs> yeah but uh, uh, neck to ankles nighties that your grandma used to wear. One of those. Yeah, yeah not a uh, um, baby not, doll. Uh, baby dolls. My wife used to wear baby dolls when I first met her. They look really cute. <laughs> Don't get them the uh, idea. Well, right, period, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, anyway, back they to the back story. Again, so so she the goes there, she reads a book, and she starts hearing a little kid's voice saying, Help me. Mommy, help me. No, 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 you have that light up yet. Yeah. So she heads outside and she heads down to the arrow range. Archery range. range. Archery range. Archery range. And the light comes on and she continues to think it's probably Billy playing a practical joke or something. He can't. He's busy at the moment. He's dead. Hmm. Mm. And suddenly we see the lights go off and we don't see her again. We hear her in the distance. Yeah. Now that uh, we are left with two people, or no, make that uh, three, three people, three, I forgot. Three. Yeah, the now, other girl who goes to wash up, and the leading girl, uh, Alice, yeah. and... Um, and I, 
And Jack, is it? Yeah, my name's Jimmy. No, that, that's Kevin. Uh, Ned. Yeah. Yeah, Ned. Why, yeah. Why so we? they're left alone together yeah. and they decide to try to find out what's happening. And they found out that there will, she actually, Alice noticed that the um, archery range lights were on and now they're turned off. Yeah. There's something sinister. Someone's so, doing something. Yes, and then the light, somehow the generator goes off and they have to go and restart it. Or something like that. Chugga chugga. And they also try to call the um, you know, phone use the phone, but for some reason the phone's not working. Because guess what? Choppy choppy. Yeah, the naughty guy, the antagonist has cut the wires. Mm. While this is all happening, our the owner of the uh, to the part, the camp camp is now coming home, and he got to live by his um the sheriff, I think. Yeah, yeah sheriff, yeah, I think, yeah, or yeah, deputy, sheriff. I'm not sure. <coughs> Sheriff, I think, yeah. yeah. I think Jeffrey's guy that they met earlier on. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he then gets dropped off at the camp. He then gets to the camp, and he sees someone that looks faintly familiar to him. We we see it from another point of view shot, and he gets killed off screen, obviously. Another one. Well. Still don't see anybody. We know uh, uh, who's the killer. Yeah. Uh, Alice yeah, gets well. placed. Is back in the um. Uh, the other cabin, and while the other guy tries to fix the generators, and while she's napping on the couch, she he's not Ned doesn't come back. So she head and the rain stops. So she heads outside. She starts exploring the area, and then she eventually finds Ned pinned to the door uh, with our arrows protruding into his yeah. uh, neck and. Um, where and organs and stuff, and it looks disgusting in a great and gruesome way. Actually, we've got names we've got. Not that it's Bill. Like, okay, we've got sorry, names guys. Bill, yeah. Mm, Bill, sorry. Bill was the last man standing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, he, but he wasn't standing anymore. Yeah. yeah. So she continues to run. She decides to barricade herself inside the cabin, and eventually one of the windows breaks and shatters, and her friend, um, I don't know which one. Oh, yeah, I think it's um the girl they were doing strip. Monopoly with crashes through the window and she looks pretty dead from, from uh, where yeah. I stand. Uh, and there's Brenda can yeah. fly through the window. Yeah. Dead, so obviously. She then sees a car driving up, a light. She off. thinks it's Steve. Oh, the boss is here to save us. Yes. She then open, you know, takes away the chairs and tables that she'd barricade the door with and approaches that person. And she finds out it's Pamela... Voorhees. Yes. It would have been great if she appeared in, in the beginning to, to make out that she's a nice no, person. No, that's to, the whole point. But I guess she's not supposed to be there. She then tells yeah. him that that she um, used to work there. and yeah, Years ago. Years ago. And... She and she was and she comforts dear old Alice for a minute, and then she starts talking about the little boy who drowned there twenty yeah, years ago. Yeah, acting aggressive and it starts. And, and it, she starts to get a bit psychotic and says, "Yeah, that was my boy. That was my son." And the counselors, yeah, yeah blah blah. Yeah. She blamed everybody. Yeah, she blamed the counselors for going out <clears> and having you know what sex while he was swimming. Well, I mean, I would have blamed Jason for not learning how to bloody swim. Well, maybe he was um, couldn't swim. Uh, well, mum, where was mummy? She was working there. Yeah, she was working, and uh, she, I guess, um, uh-huh. uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Very kid. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's always good to blame somebody else. Anyway, right? moving on. So back to the story. Um, then we um, get a they we get a fight scene between um, Pamela and Alice, and eventually um, Alice um, sort of tries to win, which even kind of um, eventually. 
ha- has knocks her, knocks her out and there's blood trickling. Trickle, trickle, trickle. She then heads down to the lake and as she's sitting there, sitting there she <sighs> Pamela comes off behind her and tries to kill her. With again. a machete? I wonder where she got that idea from. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, Alice took, takes up the, one of the um, oars. Uh, oars and yeah. tries to use it as a weapon. Of course, Pamela chops right through it. Yeah, that's one wonderful machete. Yeah, and all the time they're fighting. As I said before... Um, this is not stunt double people. They, they're really <coughs> tearing at each other. Yeah. No, so it's not all fa- not fake. Actually, I'll just, I'll just stop for a minute. When they're actually having the fight in the building, mm-hmm. uh, the lady, Mrs. Voorhees, uh, the actor, actress said, uh, she's a stage actress as well, said, we, we, we should practice the scene. Mm. And on stage, if you slap somebody... You slap them on stage. You don't pretend to slap them. Mm. It's got to look real and you hear the noise. I get it. So they're pretending to, they're going, going through the scene and she slapped her. And Alice started crying, oh, she hit me. <laughs> and the, and the, the director said, uh, on stage you do it. In movies you actually swing at them and miss them. You don't actually hit them. <laughs> so, oh, that's silly, isn't it? Yeah, it was realism. Anyway, back that's to the story. Yeah. Um, eventually, Alice finally gets the machete. It does, yeah, the machete, and, yeah. And she slices dear old Pamela yeah. Voorhees' head You'll clean see off. running at her and she swings at it. it. swings just in time and heads will roll, they say. And then... Alice, um, um, Pamela clutches her head or clutches her, you know, she, you know, starts um, moving about in a well, weird way. Well, she can't motion. clutch her head because it doesn't have a head anymore. Well, not, no head, but she's... It's a slow motion sort of the hands up around the yeah. head Oh, that's another be. thing about yeah. this. This was done by Tom Savini's assistant again he, with a fake, you know, shoulder thing over his head to make it look like he... And then he had his hand on this. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Very good idea. Yeah. He gets I've, around, doesn't he? Yeah, I've, I've seen those things, those special yeah. fake shoulder things. I wouldn't mind getting those, but I need to have a proper head to mimic what's the person I'm, you know, cutting their head oh, yeah, off. Yeah, he's, he's got a mannequin singy there and do it up the same way. You never, they never do close-up shots of them. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, then Alice takes <coughs> the canoe and goes to the middle of the lake. And, and floats there. Yeah, and the next morning she... The sheriffs um, and these deputies arrive, and they see her out in the canoe. canoe. And eventually, we get young Jason Forrest, the first Jason Forrest, merging out of the water and dragging dear old Alice into the water. Yeah, that's uh, a funny part because there you have a cut there. Then she wakes up in a hospital bed. Yes, Mystery. and then the police say, "Well, we didn't see any little boy." Hmm. They didn't actually say that they found it floating in the water. Or she was still inside the canoe and dreamed it. Yeah. So we don't know. We then fade mm. back to the to the lake, and we do, and it gives us the impression that maybe, maybe is he there or is he not there? Is yeah. He, yeah, a lot of people have speculated mm. that, that there's no way Jason could have survived drowning, but I suspect that he did survive, and he's been living in the woods yeah. ever since. Not going home to his mum, don't know why, there's no explanation. Well, I don't know. That's a, that, there's no... Okay, there is a bit of a backstory about Jason, but there's got holes in it. We don't know. Did mum know he was really alive? Mm. Had he been said, been looking after him? Did Jason live in an abandoned cottage cabin somewhere further away in the woods somewhere. We have got no idea. He supposedly died and you know, drowned and died and one would think he would have been buried. 
So, yeah. Hmm. He's a pretty solid ghost for the rest of the movies. Yeah, most of the time... Um, <laughs> I think that they even mentioned in, um, which one was it? Um, I think it was um, Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. There was a, a hint that that somehow Pamela got um, the Netflix, the special book. Necromonic. Book. Yeah, that one. Necromonic. Yeah, somehow yeah. she got it yeah. and somehow tried to use magic. And brought him back to life somehow or other. Supposedly, but again, these sto- mm. these uh, there's no explanation of how or where or why. Yeah, happened. yeah, it just hasn't been. Yeah, we we just don't know. And she couldn't very bring back life as he died in the first movie. Mm. Ah. ah. <laughs> anyway, I do I do like that that maybe he was just living out in the junk the yeah, um, so we, woods yeah. and never bothered to contact his mum, or maybe he couldn't because he didn't know how to use a phone. He didn't have one. And he didn't have a mobile phone back in those days. But it doesn't matter. I, mean, I liked it that in the sequel, we do get to see Alice and then he kills her in the second movie. Hinting that, I think, in my mind, why he kills um, Al- kills the final girl in this. I like to think every time he confronts a new female final girl, it's because he's ref- he's reliving the past of killing... Someone killed my mummy. ...killing his mum. So yeah. he uses that as his projects that image and thinks that he's revenging his mum's yeah. death every yeah. time. Yeah, we're living that instant. Yeah, okay. Now, yeah, okay. Right. Anyway, we did mention that Mr. Cunningham was inspired by Johnny Carpenter's Halloween. Now, we won't go on that again. Um, so, we'll just whizzing down for a few notes here. Yeah, well, yeah, the original title was going to be a long night at Camp Blood, and uh, they thought, mm. oh, you know, yeah. and someone said Friday the 13th, yeah. and that became pretty good. But mm. the, what they actually did, they put an ad in Variety magazine straight away saying, we're doing this to test the market to find out if anybody had any claims on that name. Yeah. Just in case. So, yeah. yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah, mm. so they did mm. end up titling it Friday the 13th, and um, not too. Um, a year before they released um, this movie, um, another movie was titled called Friday the 13th, The Orphan. Orphan. Orphan the Orphan, yeah. And that one does have no connection to Jason. No, it doesn't do it. But according to them at the time, that was a really good movie for its time. Well, but according to a lot of people out there, it wasn't I, that good it's movie. not really a good movie because it's... But then again, this Friday the 13th, the one that we just reviewed, is a lot more... Eye-catching, that, 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 interesting. The, that, the original titled movie, it was said Friday the 13th, The Orphan, was done probably a couple of years earlier. Mm. Problem is, yeah, it had nothing to do with this theme or anything else or storyline. It just had a similar name. Yeah. And it was deemed to be moderately successful and out of print because nobody gives a damn whether it's watched or not because it wasn't a great movie. Yeah, but I've, there was a legal action. Yeah, there was yeah, um, yeah, a suing yeah, action. Yeah, but eventually, the um, directors, the mate, the creators, yeah. finally uh, settled in court but and the people were paid off and yeah, paid them yeah, and paid told off, them to yeah. go away. To go away. He had a crappy movie. It wasn't really worth much. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I've seen it a little bit of it, yeah, and it's not. It's pretty. As, it's pretty yeah, n- not lie. really. It's pretty not really eye catching, yeah. and I think yeah. it's the pace. In the pace, middle, boy gets to look goes to his aunt or his grandmother or something or other. Or what? The story, the orphan. Yeah, it's about a boy whose um, father dies, and he has to live with his aunt, yeah, who's a strange aunt. It's a weird, a weird lady. And yeah. I don't really like the story because I think it's so anyway, slow. We're not, we're not doing that one. Anyway, okay. it doesn't matter. 
Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Won't say too much more. Um, as we're well aware, there's lots of sequels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of them don't really add up sometimes, but they're more like standalones whenever I watch them. Yeah. Which is not a very big problem to me because, except for the Thomas Jarvis one, which yeah. is a bit of a, it has a bit of a continuing action there, mm-hmm. and the part where, um, where, uh, the in the new in the what was that one I'm thinking of? Um, oh yeah, the new blood one, where in that one somehow they continue where the story left off, where Tommy um, ties um, Jason yep. to the bottom of the water and somehow he gets revived in the in the new blood one. Well, there you go. And then somehow he gets goes back down there, and uh, then we flash forward to um, the one in new where Jason takes Manhattan. Hmm. Moving on to casting for a little bit. They were, they didn't have a big budget, so they couldn't get big name artists. So the idea mm. to get natural artists. Yeah, I mean, did you know how many mm. times they've uh, audition have have casted for, you know, Jason Voorhees throughout? I mean, most of the actors, some of the first ones, died, passed away, except for the first one who was a younger, bo- young boy well, at the time. Yes, okay, that's fine. I'm just so, saying. I was talking casting. Yeah, no, back, back. I still have um, fond <laughs> memories of Kane Hodder in the Kane's role. Kane's good. Yeah. Anyway, here we go now. Now, the first, several of them had been in soap operas uh, prior to this, so they had some acting skills. Here are Kevin Bacon, Ori Bartram, and uh, Peter Brower, and Adrian King had been in soap operas. Okay, uh, now, Alice Hardy uh, was a part of a casting call. They had lots of people... And she got her role. Um, I read you, you said something last night that he she makes you think of um, Jamie Lee Curtis. I think she's she to me she's a Jamie Lee Curtis type. Or, or, or let's say not Jamie Lee Curtis, but the the role that Jamie Lee Curtis had in Halloween. Yeah, well, that's, that's, she, I think some similarities. That's why I liked her. Yeah, it's, yep. she's not the um, eye ca- eye candy. There's a good she's, looking girl who is nice, level headed, that sort of stuff, and I think they emulated. That sort of thing in this movie to do something like what was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's role in that movie? Uh, um, she was Laurie Strode. Well, yeah, she... Laurie, Laurie Strode type for this movie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but anyway, uh, but here we go. The role, okay. They wanted Sally Field to play it. Mm, Sally Field. But they couldn't afford her. Ah. Oh, and okay. just too high profile. Mm. So that didn't go there. Um, mm. So yeah, I want to get down to. Um, Nothing there, no. I'm just going for all these notes. I've got page yeah. copious notes here. Yeah, uh, interesting <laughs> thing, guys, <laughs> that in 1987, yeah. Paramount created a TV series also called Friday the 13th. And some of the directors from the TV series for that were also directors for for some of the movies we j- I've from the uh, yeah. fr- from the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, but it's in Friday the Thirteenth in name, and it's more like the librarians or warehouse thirteen in a way it's been put together, mm. which is great. I like it. I like. I watch the whole series. It's a good series, but mm. very um, misleading. Oh, it's Friday the Thirteenth. No, nothing no. to do with it. It's, it's, it's in name only. Yeah, um, and in 2015, they released a video game called, titled Friday the 13th, and that one's a pretty awesome one. It does multiple players, and 
where most of the time you have to fight Jason Voorhees. And it's usually a bit of a challenge because I think you need more than one person to work together to fight him. Because um, the the rule to the game is you have to find um, Pamela's, you know, body and put on the sweater and trick dear old Jason Voorhees. Just like in the Friday the 13th, this part two, yep, yep. where the girl in that pretends and uses her child's f- f- psychology to fool <coughs> dear old Jason into believing that she's his mum. Yeah, lovely. Now, here we go. Ah, filming was shot in and around the townships of Hardwick, Blairstown, and Hope in Warren County, New Jersey. Ooh. Okay. Uh, in September 79. There you go. Uh, camp scenes were shot on a working Boy Scout camp. Cool. Uh, camp uh, No B Bosco, whatever that is, uh, which is located in Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Camp is still standing and still operates as a summer camp. How about that? Whoa. I'm just wondering how much it costs to rent it. That's a good question. Um, what else is there? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, nothing there. Music. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harry Manfredini, uh, uh, he got some ideas from Jaws hmm. and other movies to try figure out the best way to create the atmos. <laughs> And different things. And, um, yeah, he did quite good. And actually, there's a lot of times there's no music in this, and that was done for a reason. Mm. They chose not to have too much music and only occasionally. Yeah. That, that was a... Um, like the um, final scene where um, Alice is in the canoe and it's all nice, calm, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, calm, yeah, yeah. cool stuff, yeah. music indicating yeah. it's all over, but then we get a... And it wells up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah they, they just kept it, but they relied on the dialogue and atmos noises, like, mm. yeah, there's rain in the background or there's scream in the background somewhere way off. Yeah, or crickets going chirp, chirp, chirp. Yeah, that sort of stuff. And they relate on that atmos to create a feeling. Mm. Yeah. Not so much music. Which, if you've got a dead thing, if you're doing it inside a house mm. and you've got no other noise in there and it's quite, it can get a bit boring. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you're outside, you've got nature noises and other things happening. You probably don't need as much. And actually, what they actually did when they did have music, they'd actually die the music off before the action. Cool. Say, oh, nothing's going to happen because there's no music, and all of a sudden a jump scare comes in. Yeah. Which, that, that was also chosen. That, that bit of a pause, I lull people into a sense of false security before they scare yeah. the crap out of them. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like um, the music comes on, and, oh, and then, gonna happen here. And then yeah, yeah. someone break, kind of falls through the window, indicating yeah, yeah. they're dead. It's like in Psycho, when, when they had scream. everything, yeah, something, every time something's going to happen, Psycho heard, <laughs> yeah. In you straight away, something's going to go. Mm. Every time. Yeah. Uh, it works sometimes, but sometimes it's good not to tell everybody what's going on. And yeah, everything, la, 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 everything's going good yeah. and then scare the crap out of them. Yeah. And you've got to change their underwear. Yeah? Yeah. That's it's just, good. Yeah. yeah, it's just like when we, we've we um, reviewed um, that that horrible um, version remake of the Psycho and they try to use, yeah. reused the, the, the soundtrack and over that, and yeah. over. Yeah, and someone's and having the fish and chips to hear it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a bit too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, okay, getting on to critiques. I'm not going to go through all the critiques, but I, I did touch on it before. The original criticisms on the movie were all, pretty much all negative. They, the, the critics at the time could not understand 
the movie and what they're trying to achieve. Mm. They just thought it was cheap, nasty, unnecessary, mm. uh, unnecessary violence, etc. Blah blah. They they could not reach find any redeeming qualities whatsoever. Mm. Uh, and the contemporary reviews weren't much better. Mm. However, mm. funny thing that. It's amazing that even <laughs> even though it may have been just awesome for the audience to watch. But that's the whole point. The critics didn't like it, but it was made for half a million dollars and made $60 million at the box office. Mm. It's been going through syndication through the TV stations, probably on streaming networks now. Uh, it was on VHS tape and probably on Laserdisc. And now, now it's DVD. on DVD and now it's on Blu-ray. And the whole series is available. Yeah. Does that tell you something? Did the producer-directors get it right? Yeah. And the and the critics got it wrong. I would say, critics, you really need to come up to speed. But bear in mind, Mike, the, these guys, I, I, keep th- I keep going back to the fact these people think, they probably think 1950s movies were the in back then. Yeah, but but they, when, they, when something new comes along, like something out of the 60s yeah. or 70s, that's out of the... Um, out of their depth, they yeah. then write something oh, negative no, it's and think, native, horrible. No, 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 and they don't yeah, think yeah. it's yeah, um, yeah. their generation because they're yeah. they're a bunch of old men or old people. Yeah, old people yeah. who yeah. don't really appreciate oh, yeah, it. They, they, yeah, Even should, this is more for a they young audience. Be more realistic than their assess- and it's, it's, look, it's like in the music scene. I'm just digressing for a minute. And and, and now some of you guys in America might be able to remember this. Way back in the olden days, when the Beatles first came out in England. Their music filtered over to America, and some of the young kids, well, a lot of the young kids out there, said, "Hey, this is great! It's been the stuff we're doing now because they had the lounge video, the Bobby Darren's and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that sort of nice, you know, the modern day crooner type stuff. Mm. And that was it. Was, this was like a big change. The beat band started to come in. The British invasion comes over to America, and people, the kids are going wild over it." The parents didn't understand it. The DJs, I don't believe, understood it too much either. This is a new thing coming out. Um, and then, mm. uh, to stop the British invasion, it wasn't only the Beatles coming out, they fabricated the monkeys. They got all these auditions together to make a band, to, and you've got songwriters. I think some of the Wrecking Crew were involved in the songwriting. Uh, and uh, I know they actually did the musical tracks for them initially. Mickey Dolls was actually taught to play drums by Hal Blaine. He wasn't actually a drummer when it started. Um, yeah, so they actually made that. So they, America had this. They could have had it before America did because American... Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't want to sound politically incorrect here, mm. but the, the blues and the jazz music of the previous decades done by the Afro-American people and similar, uh, which the, the white folk in America didn't want to like, of course, the black guys were doing it. Pardon the language, I'm sorry. Mm. But the English people they said, hey, the kids out there like the music, and they rearranged these songs, brought them up to current-day standard for that time, and let it loose on the radios and uh, through the recording studios and whatever, and it became popular again. Then it became favourable to use the old Afro-American style of blues and jazz. And the Americans then came on board and started doing the same thing. Mm. So it's people resisting change. Mm. And yeah. that's where the problem is. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the problem. I mean, yeah. um, I think that, I think the same thing, Mike, regarding yeah. the, um, 
the the reviewers. Yeah. I mean, this was this is was camp or whatever that word means. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, this was um something special, something new, and um these guys are still thinking back how North by well, Northwest oh, where, where or Psycho should, was yeah, better. The way it than should it be, was. not the way it's going to be heading. Yeah. Nowadays, the media, the guys, the the movie guys and the, the audio guys, the music guys, they actually make the new trends in some cases. Mm, so a, a new musical style comes out and they ram it down everyone's throat saying, this is a new musical style. They'll made for you kiddies out there and everyone buys records or the CDs or, or, CDs or downloads or. it or whatever. Uh, and the music, this is a new style of movie making we're going to do. We do. We're more open to it nowadays, but back then... Nah, there, there was too much. Yeah. Uh, it was set in concrete. Yeah, mm. I think that a lot of people miss mm. um, this type of filmmaking. You know, um, use, using your imagination to work out what could be happening next. Yeah. I mean, I I hate it when 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 they show it right away and yeah. or don't reveal too many interesting facts. They just think, oh, let the audience know right away. It's all part of the magic of filmmaking these days but yeah. but some of us like a bit of um, suspense but if, look, it gets back to, look, you look at guys like I, I get a lot of complaints mm. from a lot of people who say they miss that type of old yeah, way of the filmmaking old style, yeah. the old you look at keeping the guy, things the old mystery guys, it? Roger Corman mm. George Amaro these guys made like, well, okay reasonable reasonable quality low budget films and they turned them out pretty quick Okay, now the idea is they had a target market mm-hmm. and they knew what they were doing and, uh, and they'll just take it. I can make that movie and I can get it done. Uh, Roger Corman was so fast at it. I wish I'd, I liked to be in his film sets back in those days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't think George got quite that fast, but um, people like that were churning these movies out because there was a market for them. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they liked what George or Roger were doing, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, bear in mind. Plus, these guys, um, they draw inspiration from um, from William Castle, Alfred Hitchcock, you name it. These guys, and this, and these guys were the benchmark to helping these guys to get them inspired and start looking to a more newer age of filmmaking. Well, that goes back to Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock, he grew up in the industry, started off as a screenwriter and different things, and he worked his way up to a producer. Director, um, and when he got into doing um, Psycho, nobody wanted to touch him. He said, "No, no, 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 no. No one's going to want to watch that. Yeah. That's crappy. That's horrible. A, a killer guy who's a transvestite or something. No, 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 no. And people are still watching it today. Yeah, the best thing he ever made. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Still, boyfriends are bringing their yeah, girlfriend it's... to it just so they can watch their girlfriend clinging to her their arm. Yeah, uh-huh. whatever it is. And it's still, to even by today's... You can, for you, for someone who has never seen the original Psycho movie, and if you guys out there, young guys, some people say, oh, it's, it's been... It, I was trying to solve movies. Go and watch it. The original mm. Alfred Hitchcock version. Yeah. Not the remakes by... Um, there's a, a fan movie done of a remake. Um, mm. Not that one. The original mm. one. But Alfred said in the old black and white, and it's a downright suspense thriller, yeah. weird. It's not a horror movie, yeah. but it's certainly bordering on it. It is a yeah. really creepy, scary movie. Another yeah. thing yeah. I should mention to Mike, um, I was to- talking to a lot of people about the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that was coming out, and some and one person commented to me, 
um, how he thought the whole franchise of Chainsaw Massacre was was horrible. But there were some good ones in there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There, you just have like to. Franchises. You, I mean, some people out there mm. know what they like and know which ones they like. Yeah. But some people don't like franchises. Now, I had a friend, he passed away a couple of years ago. Until I met him, he'd never seen a franchise movie. He used to watch standalone movies only. And I, but but I, got, I said, well, what about your Rocky movies? He was in boxing, you see. And it dawned on him, oh, yeah, well, Rocky was a franchise. With Rocky, what, ten movies, was it? <laughs> Whatever. And that's a franchise. And I, and I got him into watching Alien and other good groovy things and... And he, he he didn't realise what he'd been missing out on, you know? Yeah. But you watch them in order, like Alien 1, Alien 2, Alien 3, it develops quite nicely. Yeah, um, well, yeah. It's probably, as I said in the past, usually it depends on what kind of franchise you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but some of them do have a continuation of the story, others don't. They just think... Well, that's a problem. They yeah, often yeah. think, um, okay, we're not going to go back to the that particular story. We're going to start off with something else, something mm. new, something with exactly. new characters and a new storyline, and we'll drift away from that previous um, scene in that ending of the, that movie. Hmm. Just to, and I get that a lot. I mean, I've watched it in a lot of the 80s and 90s movies. I thought we moved past that sort of thing, but now we've gone back to that sort of thing again when I think but about I, it. I get the same amount of joy watching an old, crappy old black and white movie as I can get when watching a new release. Hmm. Because I'm not actually looking at, oh, one's colour and one's black and white. I, I try to overlook the acting styles, I'm looking for the directorship. Mm. I just in, like the it. continuity, the set design, the storyline, mm. and some of the old stuff is really, really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, look at Star Wars, the old one. I mean, not the, the new one. one. Yeah, well, in that one, they had they did a continuation. Unlike the other franchises that were out there with them, they continued the story. While others, yep. they just um, went with a new bunch of actors because. Um, they either disagree with the scripts they pump out or they decide to go for a different story mm. angle with new actors yeah. because the original actors may not want to come back. Yeah. Well, you look at it, they talk about franchises, okay? Let's take, what's the earliest franchise you can think of? And I'm talking black and white franchises. Oh, good point. <laughs> um, I guess I would pink um, the old Mummy movies. Close. They're sort of, I mean... How about the, Tarzan? Yeah, the Tarzan ones, obviously. Yeah, you know, they made dozens of Tarzan movies. Don't I know it. And Johnny Wiesmuller was not the first one. No. There was, I, I think, two know. other actors before him. And then somebody took over the role, I think, after him as well. Uh, but that is probably one of the longest franchises back in those days. Yeah, the Mummy and Frankenstein, they were okay. They, they made, say, I think four or five Mummy movies, I think four five or six uh, Frankenstein movies. But, yeah, the yeah, one thing but, about yeah. the the Tarzan movies, um, there's no continuation of no, I mean, apart from the fact... Yeah, but still part of the franchise. Yeah. Still franchise. They're still... Um, have, they're all standalones, but they were hmm. a franchise. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not... That's a lie. I mean, I should say... Um, well, he actually started off, he met Jane, and then later on he was hanging out with Jane, and they found a baby, and they called Elephant... Oh, no, Boy... Um, yeah. yeah, I should I should have realised that. I mean, there was a yeah, there, conti- was, there, there was, was there continuation was some, there, some, some continuity there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the early franchises have been around for a long time, and they do work as long as the ideas remain fresh. Mm-hmm. If you can't get a fresh idea, 
put it to bed and find something else to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't like when they did the ch- the new chainsaw one because in that one they changed um, Leatherface's location. Like, and there's no explanation of why he was in oh, this location. Oh, that one where he's in the uh, in the town, the orphanage. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah well. Okay. We watched the movie. We won't. Re- we, we might review we it one might day. Might review it but soon. We'll just touch on it briefly. He, he's living in an old. Pretty much abandoned a country town. Yeah. Uh, in an old orphanage with a lady caretaker. Hmm. There's no backstory on who the hell the old lady caretaker is, why the hell he didn't kill her, and why he feels so close yeah. to her. Is that an auntie? Yeah. There's no, she was not even or named. Somebody? She wasn't even called Sawyer I in case that adds did, a bit did, of intrigue. Did the name come up? Um, no, her name was mentioned, but she was not Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would have been. Could have been, been Rillo, but yeah. didn't actually see. He said, he, he said he's the last of my boys. Yeah. She actually said that, but she was in charge of an orphanage. Yeah. Now she'd have to be family, otherwise he would have just killed her like everybody else. Yeah, I mean, why yeah. was um, yeah. she? Anyway, it's. I just thought that story didn't even have much, a very much of a good enough character or any good story. Development. Well, there. I don't mind the story, but it, yeah, it, it's it's stretching the imagination and too much. The only thing that they made they try to make it try to pad it out. They try to pad it out with Sally returning as um, the um, next Laurie Strode type, yeah, yeah, vengeful like, yeah, angel like type. Like a final girl, yeah, you know, about forty years later or something. Yeah, or whatever I remember is, they did it with yeah, Laura Stro- with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character yeah. in the ni- in the two thousand eighteen yeah, version she was of Halloween. In a, in a, in and a, in that one, it yeah. made perfect sense. She was living the life of um, Sarah Connor type hermit existence, yeah. and is and there was a bit of and her storyline was a lot more better than than. Sarah, Sally's was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said before, you can't. I mean, you can't make a storyline by just throwing the person in there and hope they'll swim, or <laughs> something like. That. Anyway, did. let's kill it. I'm going to mm, okay, Friday thirteenth, and try to figure out a good rating for it. I'm only glad that that mm, the um, nine. I'm only glad that they haven't done anything yet lately with the Friday the 13th. Are you going to grade it? Yes. I'm going to give it a 9. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Because I do like the story and I do like the fact um, that there were some interesting stories they came up with Mm. along the lines, including some really good... Um, I, yeah. the, I like the origin of how he go, oh, he got I, his no, mask. No, I, I, I like the whole lot of it. Yeah, I, I, I like the I like yeah. the franchise a lot. The first yeah. movie, of course. Um, I'm, when, only, I'm only grading it down a little because I mean, even though they had some fresh actors there and whatever, some of the acting could have been a tad better. Hmm. I mean, so. I'm not knocking it. Please don't get me wrong, but at least four of them, the young people, had been in soapies. Hmm. Kevin Bacon and some of the other ones, yeah? The older lady played Mrs. Voorhees, she'd been doing acting a stage and film. Mm. I she didn't come over that polished mm. and that sort of stuff. I think something That's was probably lacking. Expo- yeah. explains why she appears way to the end of the story instead well, of she was asked to join she was invited mm. to do the job. She wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. She wanted the money to buy a car. True. <laughs> so yeah, that sort of stuff. And, and anyway, uh, yeah. as I was saying about Jason's mask mm. Um, just so you guys know, no one exactly knows who came up with the mask first because 
a lot of them said either it was a producer, the director, or one of the um, makeup artists. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? As it yeah. turns out, I think that almost a lot of the cast and crew were big hockey fans. So yeah, there's no yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. explanation of how, why, yeah. or who came up with the but, concept. So they just placed the hockey mask so, there at the place, and he said, "Oh, I got rid of the, the, the we had a sack over there, didn't he?" Yeah, he wore yeah. a sack like. Um, well, just um, yeah, a hemp sack over his head or something, or yeah. a sugar sack or a flour sack, and then he took it off later on. And he said, "Oh, this mask looks better." He put the mask on. Yeah, that was it. It's yeah. a lot better, and I do, and I think that was the beginning of um, the Jason Voorhees image. Certainly beats the Michael Myers mask. Looks like William Satner. Uh-uh. <laughs> Sorry, William. <laughs> yeah, well, it had created the image, just like yeah. um, Pinhead and J- Michael Myers and uh, well, and uh, Freddy Krueger's yeah, um, they, images. They got a face. Now, Freddy Krueger's obviously a real face with makeup on it, where Michael Myers and Jason were wearing a mask. Hmm. But the mask is part of the character. Mm. Can you see the face behind the mask? Mm. Can you see the facial expressions? No. It creates this uh, mystique. Hey, oh, remember in... Yeah, in enigmatic ja- sort of Remember thing, in Jason yeah. um, X where the kids didn't know what a hockey mask was? Yeah. And uh, even yeah. thought it it's was... 400 years in the future, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and didn't bother to realise that maybe it's a sp- not, a, not a breathing apparatus uh, yeah. or uh, just yeah. a... Um, These were young kids. I know. They're still interns. Yeah, yeah they well. probably never watched. Anyway, let's kill it. I mean, okay. otherwise, start boring these people. Okay, uh, okay, okay. But I did think the yes. um the the dialogue in Jason X was pretty hilarious. I, I like it because I like sci-fi. I'm, I'm, I'm I love sci-fi. I watch TV shows off Sky Channel, uh, the, sci- the Sky-Fi Channel. Oh yeah, Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. <laughs> sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like it. them. I'm watching Expanse at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah, um, mm. thanks for listening to this last episode, everyone, and uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed. Ma, check out all the you know the Friday Thirteenth oh, yeah, franchise. The whole franchise. Look, I don't think there's any dead movies in it. Yeah. But I always like the first one that sets it off because. It's a benchmark. Does it get better from there? Does it stay on par with it? Or does it slowly run out of steam? Like Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. Top movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second movie, Charlton wasn't it. There's another actor. I and there's a TV was. series, obviously. No, I'm not worried about the t- top movies. Sorry. Okay. It had another actor play for the next couple of movies. But after towards the end of the franchise... It was they weren't putting as much money into it, and the budget was going down, and the quality was going down. Hmm. So that was, I'm glad they killed it when they killed it. Otherwise, it would have been very embarrassing hmm. because it gets getting too lame. But the first couple of movies are good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to this podcast, yeah, everyone, and I hope you guys may check out the um, the all the the Friday the Thirteenth yeah. ones as much as you can. And by the way, look. Uh, for those of you uh, who uh, get worried about political correctness and incorrectness, yeah, okay. Uh, get over uh, the only it. way, no, I'm not going to get over it. I mean, I, I'm just trying to explain things before with Afro-Americans and black music, whatever. If I did offend anybody, I hope I didn't. But, I mean, I'm just trying to get convey an idea about the music scene and how it was dominated or well, we are manipulated in different directions and preconceived ideas. So if I offended anybody... Didn't mean to do it. Wasn't intentional. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, as I was saying, so I hope you guys enjoyed our podcast, and I hope you guys see. We'll see you guys for our next one. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. Bye for now. Bye.